Greetings, it's Terry at Cottage on the Court. Most importantly, happy summer. It is finally here. And boy, was it a hot one yesterday. Well, this weekend, I created more beautiful planters with some annuals so I could have pots of color surrounding me at every turn. I also sowed a few more zinnia seeds and cosmos, as well as my second batch of sunflowers. Now, I do my sunflowers once a week so I can have a succession of blooms. I hope you're doing the same. That way, when you cut that bouquet, you still have some that are going to be there for you the following week or week and a half, depending on what type of sunflowers you planted. Well, maybe this time the rabbits won't nibble them to the ground. Even as I continue to wage war with the nature's critters outside, I'm ecstatic that we are in the second season of this year. As we are in this second season and we're moving about a little more freely, I thought it was the perfect time to speak with a friend of mine, George Weigel. George has an ebook that I think every gardener needs to have, 50 American Public Gardens You Need to See. Well, I know I have it and I am excited because there are so many road trips in there, day trips even, because why not? Instead of getting in the midst of a crowd, get in your car and go see something different. Be inspired by a public garden somewhere else, as well as locally. So I advise you, you might want to tap onto George's website and pick up his book. But in the meantime, I hope you enjoy my conversation with George. I thought it was the most appropriate way to start the summer. Good morning, George. How are you doing today? Oh, pretty good. How about you? Absolutely wonderful. Is the weather as beautiful in Pennsylvania as it is in D.C.? Yeah, it's just gorgeous the last few days. It was We hit the mid-90s a week or so ago, and now we're back to the 70s and low 80s. So it is absolutely gorgeous. And just saying how nice it is for the plants at last to have some good growing conditions. Yeah, yeah, they're not stressed right now. So George, tell my listeners who you are and what you do. I'm primarily a garden reader. I uh, wrote a garden column uh, since 1993 for the Patriot News in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. I still do that. Every every week I do about three different posts uh, for uh, Patriot News and also penlive.com. But I've also written, I think I'm up to about six garden books now. Uh, I do a lot of talks, at least I did before COVID hit, did that a good bit. Uh, and for 18 years, I had my own consulting business where uh, I went out and helped people, uh, mostly do-it-yourselfers with design and plant, plant selection. Didn't actually do the planting, but I was more the consulting person up front. I'm a, a retired certified horticulturist in Pennsylvania. And then for 14 years, I've been leading garden trips with uh, Lowy's Group Tours in Harrisburg. Well, now let's take that in nuggets. First of all, horticulturists never retire. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's right. 
semi-retired best. Yeah, we we transplant ourselves into a different realm, I like to say. Yeah. So tell me about your books. Uh, the first uh, one I wrote, it was uh, Cool Springs Press. It was uh, it was geared toward beginning gardeners, uh, especially in Pennsylvania. They did a series of regional books. So I did one called uh, The Pennsylvania Getting Started Garden Guide. And then the sequel to that was uh, Pennsylvania Month by Month Gardening, which is a book that tells you what to do when every month of the year, uh, geared toward uh, Pennsylvania's climate and soils. I've also written one on uh, Hershey Gardens. I did another one. Uh, I did about four chapters in a book called Garden Complete. And I did another one uh, for the Mid-Atlantic region. It's uh, similar to the Pennsylvania month-by-month gardening. It's uh, Mid-Atlantic month-by-month gardening. And then I did a new one. My most recent one's an ebook. It's the first uh, flat-out ebook I did on 50 American public gardens you really ought to see. Mm-hmm. George, I know this is going to be hard. <clears throat> 50 is yeah. a good number. Yep. What are your top five? Oh, I, I tried to do them in order. Uh, Longwood is right at the top. Longwood Gardens, that's, you know, I've been to a lot of international gardens too, and I was trying to figure out what gardens I like the best. And I, I couldn't figure out any that I like better than Longwood. I saw a lot of spectacular ones like in England and uh, all throughout Europe and even South Africa. But uh, I couldn't say I liked any any better than Longwood, which told me that that was probably my number one. I also like Missouri Botanic Garden in St. Louis. I like the New York Botanic Garden. It is another good one. Uh, I like Bouchard Garden in Canada, but that one didn't count since I was sticking with the American public gardens. Uh, I also, there's a few other ones I like high, high on my list. Chanticleer is a good one in Pennsylvania. I like uh, Ginter Botanic Gardens also in, uh, in Richmond is another good one. So it's kind of hard to put them in order. Uh, right. There's there's a lot of a lot of really good gardens, especially in the Mid Atlantic. We are really rich with uh, mm-hmm. amazing gardens, not only in, in Pennsylvania but all throughout the Mid Atlantic region. Within day trip range, you can mm-hmm. see a ton of, of really good gardens. So, in your opinion, what what are the components of a beautiful garden? Just name your top four components. Yeah, we, you know, one thing, big indicator for me is how many pictures I took when I, when I leave a place that after a few years that I realized, you know, I'll go to a garden where I, I kind of liked it and maybe I had a few dozen pictures or something, but then I'd go to a garden that I, I, I really liked a lot and in the end I'd look at it and I'd go, wow, I took like 300 pictures in that garden. So to me, that's kind of an, an indicator of how much I liked it. But I also like ones uh, that have a lot of variety to them that, uh, that don't have just a few same kind of themes. I like, I like ones that have diversity and a lot of different styles of gardening. So there's something for everybody. Uh, maintenance is really important. Uh, most of the top gardens are just immaculate. I mean, the, the design is superb. The plants are all healthy and in excellent shape. You, know, you won't see a weed in any of them. So that's important. Uh, I've seen some that maybe were good at, at one time, but the, the, usually because of money, the maintenance isn't up to speed. So some of those are now a notch or two down on my list. That you can just tell that they were they were really amazing at one time, and they could be again if, if uh, the funding was there to, to support them. 
And I also like uh, the maneuverability, you know, the way the garden is laid out, you know, how you get through it, uh, the, the views that you see as you walk along, little surprise things maybe where you, you can't see the whole garden and you really don't know what's down the path until you get there. And there's always surprises throughout. So those are probably the top things that, that are important to me. Mm-hmm. And on your website, you have beautiful pictures. And, and you also mentioned that you've been around the world virtually with gardens. And when you travel like that, do you think the American public gardens are some of the most beautiful ones? Or should we travel hither and yon to go see gardens that offer more? Well, yeah, some of our best ones are world-class for sure. Longwood is up there with any of the, the top ones I've seen. And, and our best botanic gardens, you know, the major city ones, like the New York ones, the Missouri one, even even like Brooklyn Botanic Garden. And I've seen some uh, in California that are that are just you know amazing places too. Uh, England is probably the, the best so far as concentration of amazing gardens go. They, they just have... They're just amazing ones every, everywhere you go, even small towns. So, so that is probably the hot spot in all the world that I've seen is the gardens of, of England. But uh, no, our best ones are world-class. You don't, I mean, we're, we're not second-class when it comes to gardening. Uh, we, we've got some pretty good places too. Especially in the mid-Atlantic, right? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I really, I've been all over and we do. Like Philadelphia area in particular, it's they, they call it the garden capital of the United States, and it really is. There's like two dozen plus gardens just in the Philadelphia area alone, and, and so many of them are really top flight ones too. Yeah, yeah, I I love visiting the gardens in Philadelphia, and you went to the show this year, right? Yeah, the Philadelphia Flower Show. Yeah, what'd you think? Oh, you know, they, they did the best of what they could. They, they would have stayed inside, I think, had, had not COVID uh, mm-hmm. come along. Uh, the heat really did a lot of people. And I think the, the gardens were nice. I liked the layout of it. Mm-hmm. The, 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 uh, the park they picked was good. Uh, there were a lot of good things. The crowds weren't uh, as bad. I mean, they were spread out more. It was a lot more space to work with. But, mm-hmm. you know, the, the two big things for me, uh, where the weather, the I was there four times, and one day it was in like 96 degrees, and then the next day a, a lightning storm came through, and they evacuated the whole place, and and basically said everybody out, and we're canceling for the day, which wouldn't have happened inside. Right. And then uh, another day it rained all day long, so it's, I mean they can't do anything about the weather, but that was that was a real detractor that that when you have it outside, you you get what you get. Right. But the right. second big thing was that the wow factor to me the 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 nicest thing about the flower show is is when it's end of winter and you really had enough of the darkness and the cold and the snow and the sleet and everything and and you go into the show and suddenly springtime opens up right in front of you everything bloom the smell is there it's just amazing and you you really can't recreate that outside which which Mm -hmm. some of the people i took along said you know the gardens are nice, but a lot of it is things that are already blooming in, in my own yard, or I could go to other gardens right now and, and see the same kind of gardens. When you do it at the end of winter, there's not a whole lot else to compete with. And right. they do amazing displays that they really shouldn't be able to do. You know, the amount of things that, that they pulled off and the, the, the just 
amazing creativity of the landscapers and the florists there that they do enforcing things into bloom all at the same time when you know, orchids and roses and hydrangeas and coneflower they all shouldn't be blooming at the same time but they do there yeah, so yeah when me, it's I, indoors yeah the indoor ones. so yeah to me those those two things were the two things i missed the most as well as some things they they couldn't do like the, they didn't have uh, talks on stage this year they they didn't do the wine tasting hall which is really popular but you know they tried not to do things that would draw a whole lot of people into one concentrated area so there were a few things they didn't do and a lot of the other things they had to disperse or do differently so so i think they did the best of what they they could given the the hand they were were dealt but uh, you know the, the two big things that are kind of out of out of your control when you go outside in june are the two things i missed the most yeah and i think for they they offered something for particularly the new gardeners Mm -hmm. that have maybe never been to the show before so mm -hmm. now they have seen it outside which was historic because it was never outside before mm -hmm. now when it goes back indoors that wow factor is going to blow these new gardens away. <laughs> yeah yeah you know, the people i took who had never seen it before they were the ones that that really liked it because they they couldn't compare it to that they were really impressed. The, mm -hmm. the one girl, she was probably in her thirties and had never been to one at all. And she said, it was like magic. I felt like yeah. I was in the movies. And she <laughs> said, and if you've never seen one, it, it probably was magnificent because yeah. my, my favorite one ever was the very first time I ever saw one and went down the, uh, the escalator at the old civic center at the end of winter. And there, that whole show opened up below me. You, you were coming down from above and mm -hmm. it's like, you're floating down from heaven into this garden area. And End of winter. It was it was my favorite moment ever. Yeah, the there, there's time. something about figuring out: Do you need a coat? What kind of coat do you need? You know, how yeah. warm is it going to be? Yeah. Is the bus going to make it through the snow? Is it going to yeah. snow? You know, yeah. this year was just I didn't even think about the heat. I was right. there the first day, early in the morning, and huh. ooh, I had to sit down at two o'clock. Yeah, yeah I mean, it was kind of brutal, did. but but yeah. it was fun. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. So you have some trips, and one trip that I noticed was a trip to the Hudson Valley. Mm -hmm. Tell me about your trips. Yeah, that one, we're we're probably going to do that next year. We we've been up that way before. Uh, we were going to do uh, some of the historic sites, like uh, Rockefeller's Kike Estate is up there, F and the FDR uh, home and his estate, and Presidential Library at Hyde Park. Uh, we were going to do that, but they, they were still closed when we were going to go uh, this year. So we decided we're going to just do it next year instead. But there are a lot of gardens up that way. We were going to do uh, stone crop is one of my favorites up mm. there. We're, we're going to do that one for sure. Uh, Boscobel is another one that I, I haven't seen yet. That we're going to also visit that. And then there's another one called Innisfree, which is kind of a nature garden. It's more of a huge pond. Uh, with uh, wildflowers all around it and native plants and trees and uh, some trails to walk through. It's very nature-y. We've yeah. been there before and we're going to see that and then contrast that with Rockefeller's Kaikid Estate, which is real formal. So it was a nice mix of, of things. And that's I dream about Innisfree. Innisfree has captured my attention forever. Yeah, yeah, that's especially if you're into wild uh, and nature-y, naturalistic and native plant gardens and pollinators and yeah that's that's one of the best examples of that kind of a garden 
and that's for 2022? Yeah, yeah, probably will go maybe early summer would, would be a likely time. And what other trips do you have on the calendar already? For this year, well, we after the flower show, we, we did four trips there. We've got one coming up next week. We're going to see the new uh, Delaware Botanic Garden, which has only been open, I think, two, two or three years now. They have a, a huge meadow that Pete Oldolf designed, the, the famous Dutch designer who uses swoops of perennials. He, he helped them uh, put in a gigantic meadow that's open. So we're going we're gonna to see that. That's down in southern Delaware near the coast. Uh, we're pairing that with Mount Cuba, which is the native plant uh, garden for the most part in the, uh, Delaware also. So that's a day trip. We do a lot of a lot of day trips. That's the end of June. Then we're doing Garden Walk Buffalo again. This will probably be, I think, our fifth trip to Garden Walk Buffalo. It's the biggest uh, garden tour in all of the U.S. They open about 400 gardens for one weekend. It's a Saturday and Sunday tour, and you just go and hit the ground running and basically see as many home gardens as, as you care to see in two days. So uh, we've done that multiple times and, and people like to do that. Uh, so we're going back there and also seeing Sonnenberg Gardens on the way up and uh, the trial gardens that they have uh, at the marina up in Buffalo. That's a good place. Oh, wow. Yeah, and then, then we're doing another day trip to, uh, to a couple uh, Thomas Jefferson places, uh, Monticello, uh, in the morning, and then the Center for Historic Plants at the uh, Tufton Farm. That's in August. We're doing a day trip. And then we, we try to mix a lot. We, we do a lot of day trips, but also about two, maybe maybe three multi-day uh, bus trips per year. And then we do one big one a year, on usually in a, either a flying trip somewhere or an international uh, vacation. But in September, we're doing uh, Gardens of North Carolina, where we're going to see Ginter uh, on the way down in Richmond, but also... Uh, the Ralston Gardens at NC State. We're going to see Duke University, Sarah Duke Gardens. We're going to North Carolina's Arboretum, but also the gardens at Lake Forest, and then uh, the uh, Plant Delights Nursery place. It's it's called Juniper Level Botanic Gardens. We're going to visit that. All that's in the September. Then we're doing a mystery trip. This is the first one these we've done. We, we have uh, a lot of regular people who go on all the trips, so we thought Let's do a surprise trip. Let's not even tell them where we're going to go. Let's just make it a fun adventure someday where we're going to do three garden stops. And one of them has to do with one of the most curious of our native plants. So we're doing a mystery trip, a day trip in September. And then uh, for Christmas, we're, we're going to go up to Rhode Island and see the mansions in Newport decorated for Christmas. And oh, my. Yeah, that'll, that'll be fun. And then a day trip, we're, we're probably going to head to, to the D.C. area, actually, to do a a day trip. We stop at Merrifield Garden Center on the way and then go to the U.S. Botanic Garden, which is decorated really nicely for Christmas. Mm -hmm. And then uh, we're going to see the light show at Brookside Gardens uh, after after we have dinner and then head back. So that's that's what all we've got for the rest of this year. Well, someone's not sitting down, are you? Yeah, now we do uh, about 17. I counted them up the last few years. Now, last year they got all wiped out, but up up to that, we were doing 17 garden trips a year. And they're all coming out of your neck of the woods? Mostly Harrisburg. They leave from Harrisburg. The international ones, you can fly from anywhere as long as you get to where we're ending up. At. But yeah, the, the, the bus trips, we leave from Harrisburg, two pickups, one on the east side of Harrisburg and one on the west side of Harrisburg. 
And your international trips, what do you have slated? Yeah, we were going to do Australia. We've been trying for that for two years now. And they just, uh, I mean, we canceled last year, obviously. And then this year we had to cancel again. They're, they're not open and doesn't look like they're opening, maybe not even until later next year. So, so instead, next year, we're going to go uh, to the Netherlands uh, for two trips. We're going to do... Uh, the Floriade, which is the, uh, the big international flower show the Dutch do every 10 years. That's next year it happens. So we're going to do two trips to see that. And also both of the trips are going to stop at the Kuchenhof Gardens, which are, it's an amazing bulb garden that's only open for maybe about six weeks all year because it's all bulbs and then mm -hmm. it's done. So we're going, those are both flying trips. The first one is a river cruise. Uh, that uh, does Floriad, Kuchenhof, and uh, Amsterdam. That's a uh, river cruise through a couple other cities in the Netherlands, like Arnhem and Middelburg. And then we head down into Belgium for that one to see Ghent and Bruges, and also uh, Antwerp. And then we come back up into the Netherlands and fly back from, from there. But the second one is a land trip. Uh, it's back to back. After the first one ends, the second one starts at the end of April. And uh, that one starts in Amsterdam, and then we go down into Brussels for a couple of days and take a high-speed train to the Ardennes Forest in Paris and see uh, Versailles, the palace gardens at Versailles, and also Monet's garden is on that trip. And, and we do a dinner cruise on the Seine River and see the Louvre and a few other Parisian things, and then we fly back from, from Paris. Hmm. Wow, I've just been doing this mental travel in my mind of the places that you mentioned, it all sounds awesome. Yeah. So uh, first of all, how can people get your book, 50 American Public Gardens? Well, the only way is through my website. You can download it directly there. It's georgeweigel.net. That's G-E-O-R-G-E-W-E-I-G-E-L.net. That's all one word with the dot in there. And then there, there's a button there. Uh, I have a little picture on the front page of it but there's also a button that says uh, buy helpful information. So I have all my booklets and, and uh, the, a couple of the Pennsylvania books are there. And, but at the top of the list is the, uh, the 50 American gardens book, seven ninety five for a download. You just hit the, hit the button and then it just bouts it out to you. And can people also go there to find out more about your trips? Yeah. Yeah. There's another button called George's talks and trips. The whole list is on there with links to the, to the Lowy's website that has the full itinerary on all of them. So one thing I'm sure people are wondering, you know, he's in Pennsylvania, mm -hmm. but your climate and zone is very similar to the folks in the DMV. Mm -hmm. uh, your soil might be a little different, but have you noticed a big difference in what's growing where you are and what's growing when you travel to the DC area? Somewhat, yeah. It's uh, used to be there was a little more of a difference of things people could do there versus here, like uh, the crepe myrtles, the cherry laurel, nandina, that kind of thing. That Those used to be things that you probably weren't going to get away with in, in central PA and, and uh, you know, Philadelphia area is warmer. But when you start getting into central and even western and northern, PA, you didn't used to be able to do those. Now they're pretty reliable. The things that used to be, you know, zone, zone seven, you know, six range things. Uh, a lot of, even the Harrisburg area has crept into zone seven A now, which is similar to what Baltimore used to be. 
So mm -hmm. that's what I tell people. If, uh, you know, if you're used to the way the weather was 20, 30 years ago in Baltimore, that's kind of what you can expect now. So we're creeping into more of those, those things. Osmanthus, we can get away with uh, usually. Mm -hmm. Laura Petalum is one, the fringe flower. I've been trying to grow that. I couldn't do it 10 years ago, but I think the odds are starting to get better that, uh, that you, you can probably get away with some zone seven stuff now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was kind of shocked. Um, I used to always say I was zone 6B and then that way I was safe in whatever mm -hmm. I was planting in my yard. Yeah. We're definitely a 7A now. And much to my surprise, I was cleaning out pots this past week and lemon verbena, which is an annual, yeah, it survived last winter. Yeah, yeah, things are different. It's you really have to go by what's going on now. If you're a veteran gardener, you know, throw that kind of stuff out the window because it's it's drastically different. The weather is way more erratic and extreme than I remember it being 20, 30 years ago it's just yeah. you can get away with warmer stuff but on the other hand you know you could all of a sudden get a minus 20 you know or minus 10 anyway in a winter it could just just go way down for one or two nights out of nowhere right. and then who knows be back up to 60 in january the next week here exactly so, so exactly. you can get away with stuff but on the other hand the the erraticness and this, the extreme of the ups and the downs and you know, it just makes it so tough for, for plants to, to deal with that. Yeah, but it, it also, well, it is tough for the plants, but for the gardener, I think it helps us look at the gardening in a different light. The rules mm -hmm. are gone. Mm -hmm. Price, yeah. you know, don't, don't, you know, just jump out there willy nilly, but the rules are basically gone. Try something new, push a zone protect something over the winter and see if it comes back next year yeah. because we don't know what our weather is anymore. Yeah. No, I've tried warmer weather things. If you go into it realizing that, that maybe it's not going to make it, or, or maybe, you know, maybe you'll get that fig that you didn't think you could do it. Maybe it'll grow three, four or five years. Maybe it'll die in a really, really cold spell some year down the line or, or, or die back to the ground and have to regenerate. But in the meantime, you might've had three or four, growing seasons where you grew things you'd never thought you could do. And I've stopped yanking all the annuals, like you were saying, you know, I, I sent things like salvia, the blue salvias and the verbenas, things that you just yanked before. I've cut them back to the ground. Dusty Miller is another good example. I've just, just cut them or even just let them alone and just see what, what happens. Wait till next May. And if they don't regrow, I'll yank them then when I go to put new stuff in. But I've been surprised too that some of those things actually survive yeah that's the that's that's where we are Dale. in the garden the garden is ever evolving and always interesting and it always gives us these gifts because yeah, i so. had no idea that, that lemon verbena was going to come back this year yeah. and i bought another one it was like oops <laughs> yeah yeah you never know i've seen a lot of people yank crepe myrtles you know they they try a crepe myrtle and they're so late to leaf out anyway that, that people you know, they see everything else coming back to life in April and they'll even go into early May and think oh the thing died and they go and dig it out when that plant would have come back I had a fig this was years ago it it I thought it was dead in a cold winter and I waited and waited until early July and it finally came back to life 
it took you know or the first week of july for it to push growth but it it actually was still alive and and it came back so i'm glad i didn't get rid of it yeah yeah look at those gifts from the garden yeah. so george once again your website is it's georgeweigel.net, not .com. That fakes people out. It's G-E-O-R-G-E-W-E-I-G-E-L.net. Okay. And uh, I'm going to encourage everyone now that we're kind of sort of moving about freely, consider um, even the international trips, but a drive to Harrisburg is not that far to get on a bus and be with good people and Enjoy George's conversation and information. Thank you so much for taking time today, George. And I definitely appreciate the connectivity. Well, you're welcome. Happy traveling. Lots of great gardens out there to see. Well, I hope you can agree with me that George is awesome. He has been so many places. I for one, I'm going to maybe take advantage of a trip or two of his, even though he's in Pennsylvania. Why not? Well, now that it's summer, I wanted to share a poem with you. And since it's so hot, and it seems like my zone has changed, this is a poem by Paul Lawrence Dunbar. And the name of this poem is Summer in the South. The Oriole sings in the greening grove as if he were half way waiting. The rosebuds peep from their hoods of green, timid and hesitating. The rain comes down in a torrent sweet and the nights smell warm and pinty. The garden thrives, but the tender shoots are yellow, green, and tiny. Then a flash of sun on a waiting hill, streams laugh that erst were quiet. The sky smiles down with a dazzling blue, and the woods run mad with riot. Aren't you glad summer's here? I know I am. I want to say thank you for continuing to follow me. My website, cottageinthecourt.com, Instagram and Twitter, Cottage in Court, Facebook, Cottage in the Court, and sometimes I write on Medium. I hope that you enjoy the summer. Mask up if you have to, but most importantly, get outside and reconnect with the earth. It will help ground you. Enjoy.